Welcome listeners to this week's episode of the Two Point Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Schwartz. I'm Zach Dolivero. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen and support again. Um, last week, me and Zach discussed a quick rankings of our favorite speeches from sports films. Zach, what did you come up with for your top three? All right. So for the top three sports speeches, I took a little spin at this in a different way. I didn't want to just focus on football and basketball. Let's go football, hockey, basketball, any sport movie. Okay. And I came up with three classics as far as I'm concerned. Number one, I'm going to go with Miracle. Kurt Russell's portrayal as Team USA's coach, uh, Herb Brooks, is simply just marvelous. The speech is perfectly delivered and it's intense and straight to the point. Kind of like that whole, plays up to that whole David versus Goliath mentality that they've kind of set. And yeah, I mean, that's definitely my number one. Plus, you know, you got Jimmy Craig making great saves over there afterwards. You got uh, Mike Rizzioni, the captain, doing that jogging celebration. Got to hit him with the celly. So that's my number one. My number two... I'm going Friday Night Lights, being perfect. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love Billy Bob Thornton playing Gary Gaines. Great choice. Love I mean, that. Yeah, the whole movie is basically, cir- it centers around, excuse me, a Permian High School in Odessa, Texas, which is all about perfection. So, you know, he kind of just lifts his team by saying, like, it's okay if you guys make mistakes. Just play for each other and play for your teammates and just be honest to yourself so i think it kind of alleviates the pressure and they come out like gangbusters right after so i'm i'm good with that plus you got lucas black aka mr tokyo drift who plays mike winchell (laughs) who goes completely full tebow in that movie (laughs) also side note the real booby miles Miles? is related to von miller get out for real? I'm dead. Se- I found that out today. I oh was in shock. <laughs> Yo, that's ridiculous. So, that's props crazy. to Booby. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Booby. <laughs> exactly. Uh, shout out to Von Miller. Shout out to well. Von, man, just for that relationship. No free shout outs. No, no. <laughs> yeah. And my last movie, I'm I'm going D two. I'm going the Mighty Ducks. Oh, we are wow. ducks. Ducks fly together. <laughs> Total nostalgia. First of all, you got. Oh, absolutely. One of my favorite movies as a kid. First of all, you got Coach Bombay, a.k.a. Emilio Estevez, the Mighty Ducks man. Oh, Charlie would be proud. Uh, Guy's a legend. He brings it out every night, man. Uh, man. Best part of the movie, too, is right after that speech, they get those ugly USA jerseys off and straight to those beautiful vintage duck jerseys. So those are my three. Chase, what do you got? Um... So much like you, uh, I'm going to start with, I had the Billy Bob Thornton speech from Friday Night Lights, just like you, buddy. There's not much else to say. I think you, I think you took the words right out of my mouth for this one. Um, My number two is uh, Coach Carter, Our Deepest Fear. I'm not going to elaborate too much on that one, guys, or give you a rundown. If you're not familiar with that speech, it's, uh, it's about empowering those around you while not necessarily belittling yourself there's nothing special about doing that to make somebody else feel good and that's a great way to think about how you elevate your teammates um and my last one 
the absolute classic is uh, from Remember the Titans. And I don't have to go into the details of that. Just just look it up. You'll find it. It's really easy to find. Um, I will say uh, close or my one with the asterisk that I almost took was Brad Pitt from Moneyball <laughs> when he was like, oh, good one is is losing fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like so that's that's what I got for you guys. If you guys have any great or other takes please dm us uh we're always interested for great uh motivational speeches every time i think of that remember the titans <laughs> strong side <laughs> was it sunshine and remember the titans oh i can't I, remember i think so i can't oh. remember there's a while ago i watched it yeah 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 that was a great one though <laughs> um zach we have a quite a few interesting topics to get into today do you want to get into beefs. like our yeah? Let's you want to get into our favorite <laughs> NBA beefs of all time. <laughs> you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Um, guys, I'm I'm older than Zach, so even while he was enjoying the prime of Kobe Bryant and the Lakers, there's still one memory that always sticks out to me, which is Chris Childs versus Kobe Bryant, because I'm pretty sure that's the only time I've seen Kobe get ready to snuff somebody on the court. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. Never got to experience sprung. that. Yeah. I don't really remember what was the cause of that or ever found out. But usually when basketball players are beefing, it's over one of one things, which is girls. But, you know, that's besides the point here. Um, but no, I got Kobe versus Chris Child. I got Kevin Garnett versus Dwight Howard, which was much more recent. Um, the only reason that sticks out is because I've seen Kevin Garnett as my favorite player get ready to get get into verbal altercations. But when it came to Dwight, he was ready to throw hands too, right right there on the court, had no mints for feelings. It was the only person he really wanted to go at and be like, yo, you're soft. <laughs> Back to your team though. Uh, one of my other favorite ones, which shouldn't be my favorite because it's messy and it gets a little personal. Um, Matt Barnes versus Derek Fisher. Poor Matt in that situation. Derek Fisher's a sniper out there, eh? Yeah, Derek Fisher should be in the next celebrity boxing. <laughs> I, I know since Call then. Call the Paul brothers. Oh, my God. Yeah, two on two. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> listen, since then, they've they've pieced it up and they're good, but uh, it's never good when uh, the, <laughs> the cause of the fight is one of the wives. <laughs> One of the much more entertaining ones that has taken place. I don't even think that they've reconciled, even though they've been forced to play on all-star games together. Is Kevin Durant versus Russell Westbrook. Uh, from the moment that Kev left the Oklahoma City Thunder, Russ has moved with aggression and anger. I was surprised that they threw an alley-oop to each other even last year in the all-star game. But, you know, it's not easy i mean basketball is a competitive sport and when you think somebody's gonna route you to the end on that and they bail and they go to the team that you lost to when you held sole possession of that lead in the playoffs um yeah it can get personal and messy and it could be unforgiving I just remember that heated exchange that they had in 2017 like the year right after he had yeah, left yeah, 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 where yeah. they were both going at it and he tried to steal the ball from uh yeah yeah Dude, I they have a, yelling at each other. Out I there. have a picture on my phone of Russell Westbrook flying to give a dunk, flying on a dunk, 
and uh, flipping off Draymond Green right while he's doing it. <laughs> I'll share That's that one too for you guys, man. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love pettiness. I love how petty they got on the court with that. Like it was, it was great. <laughs> so Zach, you've heard mine. Let's hear about yours, man. What do you got? Uh, well, I also had Durant versus Westbrook just because of the tension from losing that's, that's, uh, after being up 3-1. Yeah, up 3-1 against Golden State. That was a big one. Um, I have Alonzo Mourning versus Larry Johnson. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were teammates in Charlotte. Uh... I mean, Zoe was mad about the LJ contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, it hit the boiling point between Miami and New York when they were both playing on uh, each uh, separate teams, mm-hmm. and a fight actually broke out. One got a shiner. Uh, best part about that, though, Jeff Van Gundy holding Charles Oakley's leg. I don't know if you've ever seen that picture, but he's just grasping his leg. Um, by the way, uh, my I, I forgot this one, and we should probably have an asterisk with this one too because it's an ongoing one. How about the New York Knicks with any favorite, former great player on their roster? We'll get into that later. Okay. All right. All right. Um, what, who else do I have? Well, speaking about Knicks, MJ versus Isaiah. Love that. I mean, that was documented in Last Dance. MJ's resentment to, for Detroit, let's be honest, it's it boils deep. Fights in the media, too. Um, plus, to topple it all off, the 92 the dream, dream team snub. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised then, Isaiah sat down to do that interview in The Last Dance. You know that, right? Like, that was the one person I didn't expect to see. <laughs> Well, he also called him an asshole in the middle of the... Uh, okay, but, the the, but but was he wrong? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, there we go. See? Um, who else do I have? As a Laker fan, I think this one needs to be talked about. Shaq versus Kobe. Oh, yeah. Three right, championships. Right to home. Clashing egos. I mean, everybody remembers when Bryant refused to pass the ball to him. <laughs> Since then, media spats, diss tracks. Uh, God, this goes on and Kobe on. Kobe, how my ass deal. taste. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I mean, both guys proved they can win without each other, right? Absolutely. So, finally, Reggie Miller versus Spike Lee. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah, I like 95 that. playoffs. I like that. 95 playoffs, Spike talk trash. Miller went off. Eight points in eight point seven seconds. How you doing? Keep it moving. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are my beefs. So Spike and Reggie, respectfully, legends, 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 legends. Spike's a legend today. And <laughs> it's kind of cool that they still like discuss about that. Though. Like they still joke around about it. Oh, I think they're at a point where they have to. I mean, they're older, and you know those are those days are behind them, and. We know Spike Lee to be a devout Knicks fan, and we know about the reception of Reggie to most of the East. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I, I like those. Those are great picks. Um, yeah, I think uh, even yours too. I appreciate that, man. I completely um, forgot about some of them, to be honest. <laughs> oh, dude, I saw a picture of, of Kobe getting ready to throw hands with Chris Childs like last week, and I was like, this has to be talked about. <laughs> Um, underrated beef that we can't prove exists, but I think is there. Uh, Kyrie and LeBron, but we're going to leave that one for more evidence to come out. 
Mine would be everybody that's played with Paul George, but hey. <laughs> the entire state of Indiana. And Oklahoma City. And Oklahoma City. Actually, no, but OKC was okay with him when he left. It was only like after with the... They were okay because I mean, they got those 17 picks. Sam Presti at his finest right there. Want to get into the NFL stuff? Yeah, let's do it. So me and Zach last week, we discussed four of the wide receiver, well, three of the wide receivers and one tight end. Uh, we both had a difference in where we ranked Kyle Chase, uh, Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase. Uh, Zach, what can you tell us what you know about Jamar Chase? Give us a little background and why he's so ranked, why he's ranked so high. Yeah, so slow news day in the NFL so far. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, a uh, just a bit. Okay, so Jamar Chase... Uh, he had his combine first of all. He ran a 4.38 second 40 yard dash, which is ridiculous. That's the seventh fastest 40 time of any receiver during the pre draft process so far. Mm-hmm. The guy's a freak of nature 41 inch vertical leap, 11 foot broad jump. I mean, he caught 84 passes for 1780 yards from Joe Burrow at LSU in 2019. Honestly, I think he's just a special receiver. He's, he's your prototypical receiver. Some of his strengths include he has a nose for the red zone, great speed, g- generates a lot of separation, fast through his routes, reliable hands, good body control. And most importantly, he's been durable so far. The only knocks he kind of has right now, one, he didn't play last year, so... You know, a lot of teams are saying, well, like he's not, he didn't get enough snaps. That's true, but body's also healthy, right? He didn't take any hits. There's no lingering injuries that are going into the season. Plus, he's taken really good care of himself and his body. The next thing, too, that people have kind of, kind of harped on, I guess we'd say, is the six foot frame. Apparently, now that's really short for a receiver, which I think is absolutely ridiculous especially if you have all the tools me as well listen i I second that yeah i just think i think jamar chase is the whole package and given the right situation i think he could have a great career in the nfl Mm -hmm. him and joe burrow look again to it seems to be lining up for them to make magic again together um much as they did in lsu to possibly be doing that in cincinnati yeah, and I guess it gets it's gonna come down to really is it Panay Sewell or Joe or sorry, is it Panay Sewell or is it Jamar Chase when it comes to the Bengals right now at five? I'm Hypothetically laughing. I'm laughing just because I thought of the graphic that you threw up today. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically though, say they do take Sewell, where do you think he would fall? So if the Cincinnati Bengals take Penny Sewell. I kind of like. I can't. I can't. I think it's almost so automatic that Miami's next. Yeah. um, Based on their positional needs. So we can agree that he should go in. He he's the first offensive weapon off the board. All right. So, but we could agree that he's probably going to go in like what the top seven, top eight, easily, 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 easily. I don't really see because even if. Even if Cincinnati doesn't take him, and by whatever chance, then Miami doesn't take him. Detroit is not letting him go. 
Like Absolutely it's not. not, it's it. I don't care if they, and I know Detroit fans may be skeptical of how they may view drafting somebody like Micah Parsons. Um, but Jamar Chase's productivity is almost unparalleled to some of the things that we've seen. I think he's too much of a provider of a weapon. And maybe that's actually the weapon Jared Goff needs down there in with with Motor City, Motor City Dan. MCDC. <laughs> MCDC, man. Um, yeah, no, I don't really see him. If by whatever the football gods decide to line up as the draft falls, I don't really see him falling out of the top seven let alone the top 10. I think in a perfect year, if there wasn't so many teams that are needing quarterbacks right now, he'd probably be a top three, four pick. Oh, quite well. I mean, if if he had chosen to play last year, I don't know where, like, that, that wide receiving core w- would have been shooken up a little bit more. I know C.D. Lamb and Henry Ruggs that, and Jerry Judy had taken those top slots, but uh, Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase would not have been that, or would have been right up there with them is what I mean to say. I mean, LSU has been doing a great job with receivers. They're on quite the run. Um, You know, Odell. Justin Jefferson. Odell. (laughs) Yep, Odell. Jarvis too. Um, Justin Jefferson. Marshall. Yep. Terrence Marshall is going to go fairly high too. I don't think he's like, I don't see him falling much lower than under maybe he's going to fall within the top 40 picks. I honestly wouldn't even shock me if he moves up in the draft and oh. what people are projecting. I've seen everything I've seen so far stocks going up for that guy. For sure. And it only helped him that he ran the exact same 40 time as Jamar chase. Yes. And to bring it back to this also, um, going forward too, there's a good chance that he might be going to a really good team. Mm-hmm. So he could be a fantasy sleeper next mm-hmm. year. We got to keep that one in the tuck though for when we come back to those in the future. <laughs> All right. Enough about Jamar Chase. Kyle Pitts. Chase, what do you got for me? All right. So Kyle Pitts. Um, absolute physical monster. To say it simply, he's a matchup nightmare as he stands at 6'6", 246, which means he's only getting bigger. So his run blocking probably will go up and be more efficient. Um, He has an 83-inch wingspan, which is, quite frankly, the largest amongst wide receivers in tight ends ever in in a draft. Like, I've, I've never even heard of that. He ran a 444. 40, so he's going to be right up there with uh, competing against those secondaries. Uh, he had a broad jump of 10 foot, nine inches. So yeah, I know. Like it, it's, it just doesn't make sense. He's genetically, he's his, his stats speak for themselves from college in three years, but really in two. So in totality, he's played 24 games. He has 100 receptions. And remember, in year one, he only played three games. But in his total college career, he has 100 receptions, 1,492 receiving yards. 
18 touchdowns, and 25 contested catches. Um, I will say this, Atlanta, if they don't trade back and they don't draft Penny Swell, and you line him up right next to Julio and Calvin Ridley, uh, secondaries, in the words of the late, great Nipsey Hustle, double up, triple up, we're going to make a six. Um, good, good luck to the rest of you, uh, Atlanta. Help Matty Ice out. I understand that the speculation is to draft quarterback for the next 10 years to take the reins, but this is something you don't want to miss out on. Drafting a confident player like that, that's a huge plus. The guy really believes in his abilities going into next season. I like the player. I personally, these two, Jamar Chase and Cal Pitts, you could flip-flop any way you want. If one goes higher than the other, you really can't complain. Either way, they're both winners, and whoever gets these two special offensive weapons, uh, congratulations, because you're looking at productivity at an all-new level from these two. These two are two players that can change the dynamic of your offense, whether it's explosiveness or just making defenses wary on what they have to do. If you go to Atlanta and you're like, we're going to throw two on any of these, congratulations. You've either left Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley or Kyle Pitts open. And that's not even talking about Hayden Hurst still being there open on the other side, right? So yeah. look look, look out for these two because their, their draft stocks are right where we projected them to be as they come out of college. How mad would you be? if the Giants or the Cowboys managed to trade their way in, maybe make a deal with like a line or something and grab one of these guys? Um, I'm going to fight the person that they trade with, and then I'm going to fight the Cowboys or the Giants fans. And listen, <laughs> I'll, stand, I'll stand on that ledge. Yo, I'm a Philly fan. My fists work. It's cool. <laughs> you have no chance against Jerry. <laughs> Listen, Jerry's still bitter about how we stole Dallas Goddard from him, so I'm really sure him taking C.D. Lamb was a square up, but I'm sure that Jerry Jones lives in the bubble where he can't wait to one-up us. So if he can get that double down of C.D. Lamb and then Kyle Pitts right after, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised in at all. So, Zach, do we continue on to the corners now? Speaking of the, the potentials that these players may be facing. Yeah, let's get into these corners. Just... First off, I just want to say a lot of depth in this draft. Uh, cornerbacks, weird position. You need to draft not just the best guy, but the right guy, depending on your defensive scheme. And, you know, a lot of these corners, unfortunately, get labeled busts early on because when they are drafted, um, a certain defensive coordinator is there with, with a certain scheme. And unfortunately, Sometimes those guys don't last the year. Correct. We have seen multiple times that, you know, corners may not have success somewhere and then they move on to another team and boom, they're superstars. So just be very cautious when you're picking a corner. Uh, absolutely. I can't tell you as somebody who, and I know he was coming off of an injury, but Sidney Jones, who was the athletic prospect of, greatness uh was hindered by an achilles injury many years ago and mm -hmm. unfortunately to date his career probably hasn't gone, gone as planned that's not to say that there's not upside but 
I also look at the defense that was the defense that was using him and maybe it just wasn't the right system. So it's still there. Like he's still a very talented player. It's just, uh, as you said, where do you fit in? As you know, as well as I do, the NFL is a, what have you done with me lately league, unfortunately. And, you know, sometimes coordinators get either get fired or get promoted for head coaching jobs things change very quickly and you, you need to draft corners, especially in the first round that at least could be staples for years to come. They're, the corners are going to have probably, well, listen, we look at the prospects that are coming into this draft because just as deep as corner is wide receiver might go a little bit more. And um, yes, all of the, some of these players have played against each other in college, but that changes now. It doesn't matter. Your different schemes, different setups. Um, you, some of your some of your strengths may become your weaknesses, as we are going to touch on going forward. But um, no, this is going to be a very interesting draft, and seeing who fits where and what 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 uh, defense can bring out of a certain player, right? Like, right. What what is Dallas going to bring out of? And God forbid that they pick J.C. Horn. But <laughs> on that note, number one corner. In this draft, I think both you and I could probably agree on this one. Patty Sertain the second. Pat Sertain the second, son of Pat Sertain, former former NFL player. Yeah. Um, Dolphin staple. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll 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 give a quick backtrack of Pat Sertain right now. He's six two two oh eight. He ran a four four. Two at his 40. He has a 39-inch vertical, a broad jump of 10 feet, 11 inches. And on his bench, he threw up 225, 18 times. Yes, this is a workout warrior that we're talking about. I like that a lot, especially for a corner too, where the sheer strength, it kind of gets a little bit downplayed at the corner position. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Good ball skills, good tackler. Uh, has a little bit of physicality towards him. Absolutely. Not afraid to challenge receivers. Plus, you know, the great pedigree. He's coming out of Alabama. Nick Saban's defense. Man, if you think about it, Nick Saban, Nick Saban's just a factory right now. He's just pretty, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I know offensively, it's starting to pop off a little bit more and more. But on the defensive side of the ball, it feels like every year when we get to when we do the top ten, you know, prospects or even just even the top ten picks, an Alabama player seems to always pop up here and there. Absolutely, man. Um, we look at his numbers and through his collegiate career, eighty-two tackles, four interceptions, four forced fumbles. What I really take away from that is, much like the elite corners, they didn't target him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's one thing to be breaking up every pass or def defending pass completions. But when I look at the fact that he had four picks, that makes me look in either was he in the right position at the right time or how was he defending the players in front of him? And when for elite secondary players, if you're not targeted, you're going to get paid. Yeah, he, he was a staple back there for the Crimson Tide. I personally, I think he might be the most ready corner for the league. Side note, needs to go to a team that plays more press coverage, though. 
So we, we talked about this a little bit with the wide receivers. Where do you think he would fit in? Well, if they don't go with Pitts, I, I suggest Atlanta. I like the Falcons taking certain. Uh, is four a little too high for him? Yes. But, I mean, if he's the right guy and he fits your scheme, go for it. They're definitely going to need help in that secondary. He is going to be a staple in that defense. And they need something to help because it when Atlanta is up, for example, in games 38 to 30 and they lose 42 to 38, it's not so much I'm like I won't put that on Matt Ryan. It they need they need stoppers. They need big time players to make big time plays. Get yourself Patrick Sertain if you need that on that defensive side of the ball. I don't think he lasts there, but I mean if the Cardinals can get him too. That's all another way, team I would all think the way about. At 15. Yeah, Cardinals are at 16 right now. That's oh, it's going to be tough. They probably have to move up, but who knows, right? Cardinals are kind of building something right now, especially on defense. Yeah, they improved the pass rush. They got rid of Peterson, but you, you'd think that they'd be targeting somebody in this draft to replace him. The Cardinals are going to have a shot just by how the tides have shifted because of the 49ers and the Miami Dolphins making those trades. So teams' needs are going to shift into the top 10. Um, and as long as that stands and we don't know exactly what the Falcons are going to do because that's actually where it all starts from because I'm, we're all fairly sure the first three picks are going to be um, quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Whoever happens to fall down the board to the rest of the teams underneath five, that's outside of, oh no, sorry, underneath four, mm-hmm. it's going to be pivotal and it's going to be the most interesting thing to watch because once the top four is done in the draft that's when the show can really begin yeah it's the pivot pick is what i'm calling it right now I like that yeah you just don't know what's going on right now and if i'm atlanta i'd be throwing out so much smoke and entertain trades for that fourth pick see what you guys can get out of it and if it's not worthwhile i mean Pat Sertang, Penny Swell, or Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. I don't see them taking Jamar Chase just because of the Calvin Ridley, Ridley Julio Jones aspect. No, I don't. But the Kyle Pitts, Sertain, um, yeah, no, it, it's 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 always going to be very interesting to watch going into that fourth pick. I don't see them taking Chase just because there's a lot of similarities between the other two receivers. Um yeah, that's the pivot pick for me right now. It's, and that's a good position to be in if you're the oh, Absolutely. You, you hold the cards. You hold the cards. There's Everybody has to wait on you and what you're going to do. Yeah, I mean, essentially, they kind of control their draft. I know people have been saying that about the Niners now that they have moved up to three. But you know the Niners at least are taking a quarterback. You don't know which one, but you know it's, that's the area that they're targeting. Falcons can go anywhere right now. Let's go to the next guy. Right into Caleb? Yeah, VT's alumni. Caleb, Caleb Farley. So Caleb Farley. Farley. Wow, sorry about that. Caleb Farley, uh, Mr. Redshirt. Uh, he 6'2", 207. So, you know, big body corner. 
going to be able to hold his own. He ran a 4-2-8. Unfortunately, we don't have the rest of his pro day numbers due to the fact that he went through a back surgery. And that's going to be the most concerning thing is it's his second back injury in a short amount of time. Both of these are non-football related injuries as well. They're both workout injuries. Also, but really you need to note, in 2019, he led the ACC in passes defended and tied for second with four picks. Like I said, his draft stock may drop but and may make him more of a, a risk, but as long as it's a calculated risk and if you can support it on the back end, it's going to pay out very handsomely for whoever takes him. Probably one of the best man-to-man covered corners in the draft. Like you stated, good speed, disrupts the catch. I really like those four INTs and 16 breakups, though, in 2019. Mm-hmm. That was huge for him. Uh, he In 2019, he matched up, I believe, against Claypool and shut him down. That I did not know. That is news to me. I appreciate that one. That is crazy. Yeah, go look at the film on that one. He was phenomenal in, in that game. Yeah, I think he has pretty much all the tools to be a shutdown corner, but beware. He's not very versatile out of man to man. So if you're, again, if you're picking him, make sure that he matches your defensive scheme. The opt out last year, coupled with the injury to the back, kind of scares me. And would it shock you if he falls in the draft? No, not at all. I mean, the same thing happened to Miles Jack, I believe. Uh, right. Non-football related injury fell, and then when he was drafted and he produced the way people expected him to produce, everybody's like, "Well, why didn't you take him earlier?" So we don't know what we're necessarily like. It's always a risk reward thing. Um, yeah, it's not a I'm, and it's not like a ceiling floor thing either. So that's the much scarier aspect of it when you're talking about the injury history. Um, I would say that teams are going to pro- approach with caution, but once again, Caleb Farley is another one I don't really see going far out of the top 16 players. I think he might drop down a little further. I could see him going between the 12 and 22, 23 spot. If the Cardinals take him for whatever chance, right? Do you think that's going to be a suitable replacement should everything work out versus losing Patrick Peterson? Yes, because they had Patrick Peterson playing a lot of man-to-man last year. And unfortunately, I don't think Patrick Peterson had the speed to keep up anymore. A lot of wear and tear on that body. So I think Caleb Farley could be a really good add. I'm a little hesitant too to pick a team because like to where he's going to go because this year's draft has a lot of depth at corner meaning that a lot of teams might hold off on picking a corner because they know they might they could maybe get us maybe not a sexy pick but a serviceable guy later on in the draft speaking of another corner that may be um having his workload cut out from him for him i mean all lands well and i know my Eagles are very high on this corner. And once again, I like talking about my Eagles and you know how that goes. Uh, I'm going to get into JC Horn. Cause I like it. Son of Joe Horn, you know, um, speaking about receivers, speaking of receivers, uh, JC Horn, he was 
he stands at 205, six foot, just under six one at six foot three quarters of an inch. Um, he ran a four three nine, so he obviously has that speed to keep up with these new draft drafted wide receivers that happen to have four threes all across the board. Um, a 41 and a half inch vertical. His and this was relatively impressive where he put up 19 reps at 225 as well. Respectable. Listen, I'm going to let you take this and then I'll interject. Okay. Jay-Z Horn is sort of my type of corner. I like the aggressiveness. I like the explosive player that he is. He likes to, he wants to challenge everything that's in front of him. It doesn't matter who's in front of him. could be the best receiver in uh, NCAA football. It could be the best NFL receiver. It doesn't matter. The guy wants to compete and he's going to play hard each down. The problem is, unfortunately, the aggression can get to him sometimes and he could take some stupid penalties. But as far as I'm concerned, I like a little corner with a little bit of aggressiveness and a little bit of edge to him. I have that chip on your shoulder there. Exactly. You got what else do you have to add to JC Horn? So very nasty, very aggressive, uh, flat out annoying in coverage for uh, whoever he's against. Like you said, the aggressiveness. So he probably is going to draw a little more holding calls than uh, and to, than you would like, but that's coachable, and you know he can learn the game, and he'll sure. be fine. He'll be fine with that. Um, when I look at his size and speed, he's a prototype. There's not many athletes, let alone uh, skill players that I see like this, uh, just as build his speed, how he defends in man coverage, uh, not afraid to get physical. And there, to your point of the wide receivers and what he can handle, there's only one wide receiver that, you know, exposed him a little bit and that's okay to be exposed a little bit when it's when we're talking about specifically the Heisman winner right like there's if you're gonna get a show put on you take it because that credibility has to go somewhere but no um JC Hornman absolute stud teams have fallen in love with him since his pro day uh that is a another person that you could put into a cornerstone of a defense and he is going to thrive. So one, one spot I kind of like him at, again, I don't think he's going to last there, but if he does get to 20, going to the Chicago bears would be nasty. Oh, that would be a massive pickup for them. uh, After losing Kyle Fuller. Exactly. It would be a great replacement for him. Unfortunately, we probably both know that he won't slide that far. No. But but it would be an amazing fit for him. Yeah. It's get, eh, corner's tough. Corner's tough to predict. And- oh, you, it's by far like I, I and I've talked to you about this off mic where it was the two hardest positions I think it is to play in the NFL are probably offensive line because you have to do whatever the defensive line is doing but walking backwards and corner because you have to be so on the ball on whatever is about to happen in front of you or behind you you can't bite on double moves you have to be ready for whatever and it's and you have to know who's helping you out where so uh no corner is a very difficult position 
to thrive in. Hey. But I'm really excited once again to see what these corners have to bring to the next level, especially yeah. these three. Yeah, definitely second that one. Um, it's kind of cool too because going into the season, if you really look at it, it's never the most dominant corner teams that go the furthest. It's it's always the guys that kind of just like band together and play within the system that get it done. It's going to be a very, very interesting year. Hopefully these players actually get an off season so they can gel with their teams and learn the systems a little bit better and be warned about what to expect. But it's going to be a very, very telling year for these young guys. We got NBA time. It's time for the NBA. So let's, uh, I want to talk about this team because I actually think they deserve to be talked about. And I think they're probably one of the best stories in, in the NBA season this season, this year. Sorry. New York <laughs> Knicks, the Knickerbockers. Let's go. How can I break this down for you with the Knicks? Okay, um, well, let me start here first. Yeah, please. Okay. So as we record this, they're sitting 500. They're six in the East. Personally, the Knicks seem to have finally established a functional organization from top from the top. I mean, Leon Rose, World Wide West. Um, they've done a fantastic job. Scott Perry as GM has been great. Uh, players seem to enjoy playing for Tibbs as well. Do I think the Knicks are going to make the playoffs? Yes, I actually do. And I think it'll benefit this young core. I'm not expecting a deep run, but I'm pretty optimistic about the future right now. Barring James Dolan completely wrecking this. You mean James, you mean the New York Knicks nicking it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, honestly, in my opinion, James Dolan's the only one who can screw this up right now. So do not let him. Keep him in his press box. Just send, send him to Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> something. Just do something. <laughs> um, I'm going to stand right there with you. I think they do have the upside potential to be a playoff team. I don't really think that that's questionable, but I really think that that's more reliant because the East is weak mm-hmm. in comparison to the West. You know, first and foremost, though, as I, before I really dive into this with you, um, salute to Tibbs, man. Um, believing in the players that you believe in, it's the third time that he's brought Derek Rose to wherever he is. I don't think that that's coincidental. I like Coach Tib Thibodeau, uh, I'm a very big Derrick Rose fan, and I understand that the injury history has hindered him a little bit, but that's not necessarily a, we're still talking about the youngest MVP ever. <laughs> Their biggest things for me don't necessarily come from this season; they come into the coming seasons. Yeah. So as I as I gauge the Knicks is needs. Um, the two things that stand out primarily is they need a they need depth at point guard and they need depth at the center position. Um, it's going to be a little bit harder now with Drummond being off the board and with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I do I had looked at the upcoming free agents for this year and next year, and if I'm the Knicks, I try to right the wrong that I didn't 
right on draft night. I do the one thing that they, everybody thinks looking back that they should have done. And I make a run at Steph Curry. Oh, Oh, bombshell. Listen, listen, the Knicks in that draft had two picks back to back and neither one of them went to Steph Curry. And now Steph Curry is laughing in the West as the greatest three point shooter ever and three rings. <laughs> Steph would fit there. Ah, oh, man. I think you just gave every Knicks fan the biggest blow. <laughs> Straight to the- Knicks fans, I'm not trying to start beef with you. I'm just trying to tell you, y'all messed up. Yeah, pretty much. Um, do you think they make the playoffs? I think they're going to make the playoffs. I um, I think it's quite clear the teams that are going to make the playoffs now. I know that they're sitting at 500 and that with at least a month and a half still in the season that things can change absolutely rapidly depending, you know, unforeseeables, right? Or James Dolan being James Dolan. But, or the Knicks being the Knicks. Or the Knicks nicking. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think they make a playoff push. Uh Julius Randle has proven to be enough of a solid piece to the franchise to help them elevate their game. And I really do think it's going to be interesting when we see them get swept by the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) I don't know if they're going to draw the Nets in the first round, but that'd be great for the league just to have two New York teams. Oh, the battle of the battle of New York. Yeah. That's the TV ratings are going to go through the roof. New York city is going to be, well, listen, New York City is going to be divided, unfortunately. <laughs> it's funny, though, because I remember seeing something that I know there's been a resurgence, I guess you'd say, of Brooklyn Net fans recently. Mm-hmm. But Knicks fans, they, I mean, their loyalty is untested. You you talk to a Knicks fan, they're not jump, they weren't jumping ship right away. They're sticking with their team. So I admire that. I think this is the first year that I've seen every Knicks fan not look forward to the draft and actually look forward to the playoffs. And that's honestly, that's good for the league. Absolutely. New York, New York is a good team. Um, Like the league is much more interesting when New York's a good team. Like I told you last week, it's kind of like along the same lines when the Oakland Raiders are a good team and it just kind of like makes football feel like football a little bit. Exactly. Um, The Knicks need to be in the playoffs, just kind of like, there are certain teams that need that, that have that essence and that cadence that you're like, I expect to see you here. And when you're not there, it affects everything uh, as a view, not as a league, but as a view of the league. Right. Uh, I have a bit of a different take though on the Knicks. Because they're a young core, I'm kind of in that notion that they should kind of just stand pat and continue building. I mean, Hmm. You look at this team right now, they're under the cap as of today. Uh, I think they actually have the most cap space, if I'm not mistaken, for an NBA franchise, which is kind of weird if you think about it, since they're such a marquee uh, destination. So they, so going into next year, I think they're going to have around $50 million on their books with key players, I mean, all signed. You got RJ, you got Randall, you got uh, Toppin. You got quickly, you got Robinson. Exactly, good building blocks. Um, Like to also say, like you kind of alluded to, shout out to all-star Julius Randle. Personally, I think he might be the most improved player this year. I think he might win that award. Oh, that's a really great take. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, he's averaging 23.1 points per game. Hmm. That's insane. For I know. Him. I know. Nobody, nobody expected this. Um, nobody expected this when he left LA. Nobody expected this when he got to New Orleans. And then nope. they all let him walk. And, you know, nope. good for good good for Julius for betting on himself because the first thing he said was, if you guys are going to draft Brandon Ingram, I want to go bet on myself and let me out of here, please. Listen, all his life, been grinding all his life. <laughs> Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, nice. baby. So shout out to Julius Randle. You deserve it, big guy. Um, yeah, so back to what I was saying. For the fan base, don't get impatient. And just don't go on a signing spree. I mean, we've seen it time and time that they go out and maybe not get the best free agent or the most marketable free agent, but they go out and get guys that are depth players and they overspend for them. Here, Here's my hot take for you with the New York Knicks and free agency. They're like oh the Philadelphia Eagles in drafting or Howie Roseman specifically in drafting. That is the <laughs> hottest take I've ever heard and I'm all for it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by that too. I'll double down if you want the examples, Howie. Just, you know, shout out me. <laughs> Get quality vets that I guess won't hinder the progress that you've made so far as as like such a young team. They need efficient pieces to contribute to those that they already have. Um, once again, they need to get James Dolan out of there because their staples need to be allowed into the stadium to continue to support and bring New York together. I mean, I don't ever want to see uh, Patrick Ewing or Charles Oakley being escorted out by security <laughs> or Spike Lee because they are all Knicks legends and they participated in the building of this franchise way before James Dolan was a factor. <laughs> Right. And again, I think you also alluded to this too with Steph Curry. If a superstar is available, entertain it, but don't ruin the team just to make the headlines the next morning. Get the right superstar. Correct. Exactly. And, you know, make sure it's a superstar that can actually handle the New York market. I oh, love yeah. Mello, but, you know, there was times where I don't know if Mello was the right fit for New York. I, I'm going to agree with you there. I think, but on that note, I actually think that that decision fell more on Mello than it did on New York. I think that Mello not coming back to New York like it was speculated this offseason that just passed um, was the right decision by Carmelo Anthony. The reason for that much more, I mean, Carmelo Anthony had the chance to sign with teams to win rings. Like he had the chance at an one of the teams just off the top of my head was the Chicago Bulls when Derrick Rose was still in that MVP form right there with Taj Gibson and um, Rich. I believe Richard Hamilton was a shooting guard at the time. They had yep. Heinrich off the bench, you know, that they and they had the greatest shot at a deep playoff run. And Carmelo Anthony, instead of taking the opportunity to sign for the chance to win a ring, you know, he took the money. And I'm never going to be mad at a player for taking the money because, you know, security is everything for people. For sure. However, your legacy is almost dependent on that. And that's where you're going to be like, Melo might have not made the best choice for his total view of his career. Side note, did we just make a faux pas by calling him Melo? No. Because he is mellow. Because if you tell me LaMelo, if you try to tell me LaMelo ball is mellow, no, Zach, no. There's one mellow. 
And listen, mellow is not it. It's la mellow and then mellow. <laughs> For the younger viewers, though, when I say, when we say mellow, it could be, <laughs> it could be the mellow. Square uh, no, up, younger viewers. There's only one mellow. Get it right. I had that Nuggets jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, seeing a story though that um, Kobe was really trying to push to get him to play for the Lakers. Oh, that would have been amazing. I think it was close to when Braun jumped ship to Miami. Yeah. So he actually, Carmelo actually opted in because, in Carmelo's view, he was like, Denver was so close to being a threat in the. Um, western conference that he's like why should i jump ship and form a super, super team, team when you guys can all come here and unfortunately i mean we kind of know how that played out but could you imagine if kobe was playing with mellow i i look at that roster being so it would have been Derek fisher um carmelo anthony kobe bryant paul gasol lamar odom yeah, it'd be ridiculous. Oh my god. Possibly not a meta world piece, you know, because you always want your enforcer and your guy to have his chip on the shoulder off the bench. Um <laughs> <laughs> listen, if there was any well, we look like we talked about NBA's greatest beefs. Um uh <laughs> Ron Artest versus the end of the uh, versus no, sorry. Ron Artest versus the Detroit Pistons and Malice in the Palace might have to go up there as well in discussions yeah um yeah no i mean that would have been crazy it would have get it might have shifted the west entirely and who knows maybe they play the lakers instead of dallas in that uh 2012 finals yeah you're not wrong oh man why do you have to bring up bad memories <laughs> oh no for, listen for me that was a great memory because that was a pr- point and i'm not saying i'm a lebron hater now i'm like i i appreciate lebron and what he does for the league but back then when i was prime uh, anti-lebron seeing him lose to dirk Nowinski was the greatest thing i could get that year <laughs> next to the celtics getting a ring to be honest i mean i wasn't a huge lebron fan i, I respect the guy i liked right. watching him play but i wasn't the biggest fan before he came to the Lakers so and now you have now he's got your allegiance by default <laughs> nah he's grown on me too right <laughs> I like the player yeah I appreciate LeBron for what he is I'm not I'm not angry at him anymore he got us a ring we'll take him <laughs> <laughs> no I I just like the way he conducts himself and and without making this too much about LeBron because it seems like every time somebody brings up the NBA they're they bring we'll up talk LeBron. about LeBron yeah, <laughs> we're gonna avoid uh, Space Jam two trailer this episode, guys. So uh, wait till next week for that one. <laughs> uh, no, I just like the way he. I like the way that he's forward, like his forward thinking in terms of how he's been able to recruit players and you know finagle his way around the loopholes, which is the NBA. It's- and good on him. He studies the game. That's that's what you want from your players. It's almost scary, like, as soon as LeBron James calls you and is like, I want you on this team, how, how automatic. It's almost like that player is going to be there. It's almost, like, surreal. It's so cool, though, because if you think about it, you're it's either you're with LeBron or you're against him, right? When you're against him, 
he hates you. He doesn't talk to you. Doesn't want anything to do with you. But when there's that glimmer of hope and it's usually around a contract year that you could join up with him, you are buddy buddies, your best friends. You guys are tweeting back and forth, propping each other up. But as soon as you sign with another team or re-sign with that team, you are Soft. back to being rivals with that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, to your point, I see what he's doing with Steph Curry right now. I know he how much fun he had in that All-Star game. Like, I, there's a reason. And guess what? We're going to go through the exact same thing when he chooses to uh, pursue Luca. Oh <laughs> no, I know. Listen, I know you're you're looking at Lakers Gloryville and me and the C's are still trying to find a power forward. Um <laughs> Luca's European though. He's <laughs> they're loyal, man. <laughs> they don't move from their teams. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna want to be like Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> wanna be like Dirk. Wanna be like Giannis. <laughs> Speaking about loopholes and everything, that's a great segue. My... Yeah. Yeah, speaking about loopholes in the NBA, execs have been pressing for buyout changes. I There's been some rumblings that they're not too happy right now with the Drummond, Griffin, and LaMarcus Aldridge signings. You mean, to, you mean the Nets superheroes and super friends? And the yeah. rest of the league looking like, what do we do when we come to play you guys now? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, it seems like, marquee players they're going towards these super teams especially you want to start this off or do you want me to i can take this one um especially especially because we're talking about some players that um once were renowned superstars and they're in the latter of their career and a lot of these guys are the probably the perfect complimentary complimentary role players that you want to have beside like Kevin Durant, a Kyrie Irving, and uh, James Harden. Right. Just given, like, Kevin Durant doesn't ever disappear, but Kyrie Irving from the history of health, James Harden, um, no knock to him, but the slight tendency to disappear once in a while in the playoffs. Um, (laughs) uh, Blake Griffin speaks for himself. LaMarcus Aldridge, his record speaks for itself. Um, so when we're talking about the buyouts, um, number one, I think that what the league fears is that super teams will continually form, right? Um, which, you know, it's might, might be a little bit more preferable than, and once again, I'm going to use your Lakers as an example when this happened, because we saw a trade happen to LA and they get canceled. And then another trade happened to LA with the Chris Paul trade when he was supposed to be a Laker. And then the right. league was like, no, we don't want a super team. And they voided the trade. And then they sent him the Clipper to the Clippers and they were like, oh, well, would you look at that? There's a super team in LA. Um, I really don't think, I think that the league much more wants to avoid the backlash of the reception of that. So even though they tried to make it a fair playing field and um, my final point on this note, um, I think the small market teams in this, with these buyouts happening, Uh, will continue to suffer so when you start to look at players like if brandon ingram or bradley beal or uh and i'm only saying bradley beal because 
what uh, the Wizards aren't that much of a powerhouse in the East. Right. But when you look at these teams that players have opted out from, and now they're looking at, you know, what are my options and how do we make this work? They're more likely to go to the big market teams like a, um, a Lakers, a Clippers, Celtics, New York, uh, not New York, but you know, you know what I mean? Like they're, the team like they're going to capitalize on that opportunity okay we've gotten paid what do we do for our ring where do we have to go and where can i fit in right so i'm going to disagree a little bit with that um okay so personally i mean this is something that will definitely be brought up in the next cba negotiation for sure um however i actually think that the players will veto this or reject this the nba kind of prides itself as being like a players league only and you can't just start restricting them from choosing a destination when right. by definition they are a free agent they are free to sign anywhere they're true of their choosing uh so if griffin or lamarcus aldridge or drummond want to go to brooklyn or la i mean they should have that choice, right? Absolutely. When it comes to the small markets, I personally don't think it hinders the small markets because if they're if these small markets have cap space, they should be able to offer more money. It's up to the player to decide, do you want to take the money or do you want to take the chance at a ring? Mm-hmm. And if it's halfway through a season, I can't really fault players for jumping on board with that uh another point too i mean these teams don't have to buy these players out i mean you could technically keep them look what okc is doing with hortford yeah you're absolutely right right Uh, i mean they've kind of made him a coach in a sense now (laughs) it's it's kind of weird but um look the league wants small market teams to succeed. You have bird contracts where, you know, you can get that extra year if you resign with uh, the team that drafted you or has you under control for a certain amount of years. Uh, the lottery odds have now shifted draft drastically and you could see major movement there. The other thing too, is that, you know, people are talking about Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge and Drummond as these all-star type players, but mm like you kind of alluded to, I don't think they're in that, they're not in their primes anymore. I mean, when do you see buyout players really make an immediate impact? Like I'm talking about a handful, a handful of times. It's it's not, it's not, it's the exceptions, not the rule. Right. Exactly. When you talk about small market teams, I mean, technically the Milwaukee bucks are a small market team. That's a great point, actually. Yes. And and I mean, they've managed, they managed to get around that so far. Look, at the end of the day, if you draft a superstar and you convince them to sign there and stay there for as long as possible, you have a chance of making a super team. It's kind of, I'm not going to say it's inevitable because it's not, it doesn't work out all the time, but right. you still have a higher chance. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I think that's why, look, but it also depends on the players that you have in the roster. So if we look at somebody like Portland, for example, Dame Lillard is 
not one to necessarily be like, hey, I'm going to come approach you guys to come join us. He's more so if come talk. Oh, to me. yeah. Come talk to me. You guys want to be here, see what we're about. Please like reach out. We'll, we'll host you. But if you're not with us, then you're against us and like on to the next. Right. Which kind um, of because there's a lot of players I'd like to see paired up with Dame Lillard or to see Dame Lillard. I almost want to see Dame Lillard escape Portland just a smidget, not because, but Dame is amazing, and I would love to see him get his uh, just dues. Teams that draft well, mm-hmm. especially in the small markets, could easily become big time players. Right. It, look at the Raptors. I'd hate to bring it back to them, but again, look at the Raptors. I mean, Kyle Lowry they traded for. They didn't. Right. They didn't bring him up. Uh, Siakam was passed on by a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Van Fleet was undrafted. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, they got Kawhi. They brought him in. But wait, but they made the push for Kawhi and they got rid of the one player that Raptors fans were like, not him. Exactly. And it, and it literally took like, it was literally like the Thanos uh, trading for the Soul Stone. <laughs> Exactly. You, that's actually a great analysis. <laughs> that's a great like comparison there. Um, but okay, you can you can make an argument that Kawhi left after that one season. He it has was worth right it. To, he, he's a free agent. He's it, allowed. It was, hey, nobody can be upset about it because it was worth it because you got what you wanted out of the trade, and ultimately that was the player that was like elevated your team, mind you there were some other things that happened along the way on the other team. Yeah. But you know, that's unforeseeable. Um, But no, they traded for the right player to make the push to get them more to that championship. And you can never, ever like, like we discussed last week, you can't take that away from them because they did what they had to do to be in the position that they needed to as a franchise for that year. Exactly. I don't see it being changed. I think they're going to end up, keeping it the way it is and teams just got to do a better job of adapting to it. The, the real showing of this is going to be if the Phoenix Suns make it to the Western conference finals, I'm, I'm going to say the Phoenix Suns over the uh, Utah jazz, just because I think I have a little bit more faith in the Phoenix Suns over, over the Utah jazz, despite their records. Mm-hmm. But I do think that um that backcourt of Chris Paul and Devin Booker is something deadly. And Chris Paul has elevated his game in a system that probably not a lot of people expected him to. Yeah. If I was to go in the West, well, like you stated just now, Phoenix definitely is one that you'd have to consider Utah, like you mentioned and Denver. Like I said, in episode one though, I really think that the Utah jazz are like the Atlanta Hawks of whatever year they were when they were first in the East. And yeah. They just got like locked up and swept in the playoffs. I, I kind of anticipate that for the Utah Jazz. I don't know. Like it, it sucks because yes, they deserve the credit for being in first, but it's also really tough to be like, you know, I look at the people around them and I look at the circumstances and I'm like, okay, well, the Lakers aren't healthy. Um, yeah. Paul George is Paul Georgian here and there. Uh, <laughs> and the no war- comment. And, and the Warriors don't really look like the Warriors of old. Again, though, the teams that we just mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, Phoenix drafted Booker. They drafted Aiden. 
they added Paul after. Yeah. I mean, those are these are good moves. Utah drafted Donovan. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Rudy. They've added since then, right? With Conley and, and those guys. Absolutely. Denver's the same way. They, Jamal Murray and Jokic. They're going to make a push. I really think they're going to make a push. I think the, um, like I said, I think the acquisition of Aaron Gordon is going to be the thing that kind of like edges them a little bit. And mm-hmm. that's exciting to watch, man. I, I can't wait to get into playoff basketball because that's going to be the best time of the year for us. Yeah, 100%. I, playoff basketball just has a different feel to it. Watching in the regular season, it's, you know, it's a long season. You go through your highs and lows of excitement. I personally enjoy the first round. I love the first round. It's the most exciting. Yeah. It's the most exciting. I know a lot of people, though, that say it's only the second round. That's that's when they start really paying attention. But, you know, apples and oranges to each is their own. It has a different feel. When the games, when the games matter, it has a different feel to it. A hundred percent, man. Um, you know, the second round is where teams get buckled down into what they're going to be. But um, Zach, do you have a second round matchup from playoff history that might stand out to you? I, I have one, and this is another biased take. But yeah, I have a second round matchup that lives in my mind a little bit. Off the top of my head, I mean, Raptors Sixers. Oh yes, the Kawhi shot—that was, was a great one. Um, uh, just for all of Canada, I think that was needed. Lakers, though, uh, I'd have to do some digging. I'm sure there's there's one that I'm forgetting that would pop into my head. There's a couple of good ones between the Lakers Spurs and the Lakers mm. uh, Suns. Like, there's a quite a few good fights. I, yeah, and Kobe Bryant being it. Kobe Bryant being clotheslined by Raja Bell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Take your time. Think about it. Uh, for you, I'll, I'll update mine for you, uh, or I'll inform you of mine, I should say. Um, Celtics Bulls. Uh, I believe this was just after. Oh, yeah. It was the same year that the Lakers played the Magic in the finals. But mm-hmm. when the Celtics played the Bulls in every single one of those games went to, like, overtime was if you're looking for pure basketball nostalgia and just hours of entertainment, just go through that series, even in short form, and you'll you'll get to see what that was about. That was a dog fight. 2011, Bulls and Heat. Derrick Rose. I love that one. I love yeah. that one. The one Derrick Rose won the MVP. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, no, he was on a different level there. And the only person who could guard him was LeBron James. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Damn, I really thought the Bulls were going to win that year, actually. Yeah, I I, I was pulling for them. I, I love Derrick Rose. He was one of my favorite players, just oh, to watch. Listen, uh, I think that... I still pull for the guy. I, so do I. And there's a, I know a lot of people that are like, oh, like, forget Derrick Rose. He's injured. I'm like, no, like. Derrick Rose might be the truth. There's like, he deserves that number one Jersey. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap this all this episode up with a little catcher fade. It's my favorite segment of ours. We're going to get a soundbite for catcher fade. We're going to work this out. 
a soundbite sound or song something just to let people know that catch or fade is coming what was it yesterday uh last episode catch or fade <laughs> uh we'll, we'll get it a little better than us harmonizing this oh absolutely i have a terrible voice for this um okay legendary coach roy williams retired from mm-hmm. the tar heels is this the end of an era for the tar heels as a powerhouse catch or fade I'm going to say fade. I'm not going to count them out just yet. I do want to see the coaching hiring and how he approaches the season um, just because, and I know he's one of the most all-time winning coaches in NCAA history. I just don't count the Tar Heels out as a program yet. How about you, Zach? I'm going to say it's a fade as well. I Yeah, it's not an end of an era. It's, to be honest, I think that program's going to bounce back. There's some really interesting coaching candidates that could definitely take over for them. Former players, current coaches. Yeah, no, I, th- I think, I think with their pedigree, they'll, they'll bounce back. Uh, at the end of the day, legends who came up with the Tire Hills, they'll back the program and they're always a recruitment tool to use. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say fade on this one. Mike and James were the gang that call right off rip. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, next one. So uh first of all, did you see the Tom Brady April Fools with the Expos returning? I uh I read it and then I read the accomplishments that he may have had if he if this was actually true, because being a coach player and uh owner <laughs> yeah <laughs> let alone drafted by the expos um but yes yes i did see the tweet all right so did tom brady win april fools with the expos returning tweet um catch tom brady yeah. single-handedly pissed me off more than the lakers celtics rivalry. <laughs> 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 um it's a catch um you know, he also pissed me off more than and me and you off more than Adam Ven and Terry hitting those kicks versus our team. <laughs> I feel you, dog. Uh, yeah, definitely for me, a catch. It was a catch for me, too. I, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. He's a great follow on social media. When he does post, it's it, it's pretty good. By the way, listeners, if you... Um actually look into this tom brady has put his cell phone number out directly to be more in contact with his fans so you can text tom brady apparently his only rule is no texting on game days tb12 brand right now is on fire <laughs> he's in the a different that's coming he's out. on a new level <laughs> yeah he's definitely on a new level um do you think russell's trying to follow through with the same kind of model business model as him oh but with the rangers <laughs> i'm sorry uh, but with the rangers <laughs> um no i think that okay so russ is if russ has to come to a place where there's a spotlight it's more so because his wife wants uh, that true. i don't see russ as himself falling into that trap or into that lifestyle, I should say, not trap. But I just think for Tom, he has the leverage to have fun with that because, you know, Tom was drafted by the Expos. 
but way yeah. to piss off Canada, Tom. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sierra's stand with de- that, bro. <laughs> Sierra's definitely um, automatic, supersonic, hypnotic, and funky fresh. We'll tell you that. <laughs> oh man, I. How many people do you think are going to catch that? <laughs> a lot. And I'm probably okay. going to get a lot of flack for that too. This is going to be a sound bite before. Speaking about flack, little Nas X and those Satan shoes. Oh, nice transition. I like that. What do you? What do you think about these? Um. Okay. So I. <laughs> Tell I me think, how you feel. I think these shoes are a fade. Um. I think that it's only talked about because it's controversial and i think that nike is way too smart to beef with god so i'm gonna stand with that (laughs) um you know (laughs) hallelujah um but no i don't really think i think this is a fade uh i don't know why people would be like oh my god there's blood in these shoes oh i need to have no guys fade it's okay there you can buy black shoes that look you can just buy the air max 95s so my take on this go look at the judge in the courtroom and check that high fade because it's definitely gonna be there nike (laughs) so nike's actually was able to not only stop him from making the shoes but actually win a it was sorry but actually get a restraining order against those shoes so they cannot be sold anywhere they threw a cease and desist against the hip-hop artist never (laughs) (laughs) to be honest whoever came up with this branding idea deserves to be fired okay okay i can understand the reason why i was going to go with this with that take is because at the end of the day when you customize a shoe you need to give credit where credit's due you can't just customize something and then send it out there i just want to know who put the nike check on the shoe thank god they did checks over stripes oh no Great bar, great bar, great bar. But oh, could you imagine if they, they they did that? They put the wrong emblem, like the wrong symbol on the shoe. Oh, that would have been a nightmare. Drake would be having a field day and there would be another Nike <laughs> sublime shot. There. Yeah, no, that's a huge fade for me. Uh, the blood I find is unnecessary. <laughs> so to that note, I did hear that the same company that apparently produced this shoe that isn't nike made a alternate version with holy water in the shoe oh so this is clearly just a ploy and a troll job all in one and you know ultimately i think that this has worked for little nos x because we're talking about it on a public platform that's true too i'll give him credit for that he knows how to stir up some controversy if it's not the shoes it's him twerking up on music videos and hell pretty much uh, you know giving lap dances to the devil i didn't watch the music video i only heard yeah honestly that's i'm in the same boat as you but hey <laughs> to each is their own if if you know people want to ride with little Nas x 
Hey, so be it. it. It's your choice. I'm not here to criticize you for your choice in music. I'm just going to say that this is kind of, you know, a little played out. Yeah. I don't know. It's just too much. Go beef, go beef with other rap artists. Don't beef with God. I'm just waiting for Takashi 69 to come out with something. No, we do not give him any pub here. <laughs> there is no shine for those people here. <laughs> On that note, let's wrap it up. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, also, we want to take a little shout out there for a little T's and P's. Uh, yeah. Chase, you want to take this one? Um, you know, it was revealed today that 11 o'clock last night, uh, DMX had suffered an overdose. We do have an update so far where he has been taken off life support and he's breathing on his own. So, you know, we are thankful for that. Um DMX is one of those artists that hit a little closer to home for myself personally. Um, he is was my favorite rapper growing up as my introductory, one of my introductories to hip hop. Um, yeah, no, this is a really, I'm just thankful that we are where we are. Um, I'm not ready to continue a year where it's like uh, my childhood or adolescence keeps slipping away. I had to deal with Kobe dying last year and so, as did you. <laughs> Yeah. And this is not one that like, it's going to be, this is almost like the Drake lyrics where he was like, um, I never cried where Pac died, but I might where Hove does. And yeah, yeah, no, this is one of those in a close hits close to home. So um, I'm thankful that he's still here and his presence is still here and, you know, thoughts and prayers for him to get better through this. Yeah, for sure. And even, I mean, even on my part, (laughs) my brother used to, my brother used to play, um it's dark and hell's too hot yeah he used to play that one all the time when i was a kid so one of the actually probably my one of first, the greatest intros ever yes absolutely um but it's actually quite funny because one of the first rap songs that i memorized and learned stop drop shut them down open up shop yeah yeah so i mean that's that's memories for me uh amazing catalog um, yeah prayers to the rough rider family obviously uh sways i know he's hosting the versus battle tomorrow but um and i'm sure that his main concern is going to be with x especially just hosting that battle with snoop last year hopefully that rough rider anthem continues sure on that note this is the end of the episode. This is 2PC. We out. Peace.